Hey, I'm Pastor Paul Watson, and you're listening to the official podcast of the Downtown Vineyard Church. At DTV Church, we're followers of Jesus, and we believe that relationships are holy and that God loves everyone. We are so excited that you're a part of our online community of faith, and from wherever you're listening, I hope you are blessed by this message this week. All right, good morning. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Oh, okay. So if we haven't got to meet, uh, I just want to introduce myself really quick again. My name is Brandy. I'm the community pastor here and one of our teaching pastors. And it's just really good to be with everyone this morning. Uh, Before we go any further, I just want to take a moment and remember what happened on this day 21 years ago. So in honor of those that were lost Um, And how our nation changed that day. Would you just join me in just a moment of silence? Lord, thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you for being with our country. Amen. All right, really quick, just a couple other things. Food Bank of the Rockies, I don't know if you guys know, but we do a food distribution second Monday every month. So that means it's tomorrow. And something really cool is happening at this one. So I want everyone to know, invite your friends to come. We give out food to anybody who needs it in our community. You don't have to give us information, anything. It's open for everyone. And this is Hunger Awareness Month. So Food Bank of the Rockies is coming out tomorrow. Their director, we have KKCO, I believe, coming out. And they're going to do a big news piece on Hunger Awareness Month here at DTV tomorrow. So invite your friends to come through the line and get food. If you're one of our volunteers, make sure you're letting us know that you're going to volunteer. And come join us for that tomorrow afternoon or evening. It's it's really a cool moment if you've never been. It's a really fun way that we get to serve our community. And ladies, don't forget to check out online. We have a women's retreat coming up. So check out information for that. All right. Okay, so let's get started. Uh, last weekend, I got to drive over Red Mountain Pass. Has anybody been over Red Mountain Pass? I hate driving over Red Mountain Pass. I like, I think I hold my breath almost the whole time, that beginning section there right outside of your ray. But it was really cool because the colors were starting to change on the pass. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. And I came home and it was 101 degrees. So (laughs) I am so ready for fall. And I am one of those girls that like shamelessly posts every fall meme there is on social media. Like I am one of them. I will admit it. It's my favorite time of year because it means like cool nights and cool mornings, but warm days and boots and hats, which are my favorite and beautiful colors. And you know, there's something in the air that just smells a little bit differently. And you know that change is coming. So to me, it's like a big hug, a big hug. And I love campfires and good stories. So in light of that, I've thought that it was the best way to start. The best way to start this morning was to tell a few, a few good stories. So the first story I have is about a little girl. 
When she was growing up, her great-grandmother would take her to church every week, and she would learn about God. And every week, she would go to church, but every week, she became more self-conscious and embarrassed about herself and her family. And in this church, all of the kids knew all of the books of the Bible in alphabetical order and in order that the books were in the Bible. And she really quickly learned that to be a good Christian and to be included in this church, that you had to know these things. But she would go home and her mom and dad didn't go to church. So they would pray before dinner, but that's really kind of where it stopped. So she didn't learn all of the things that the other kids was learning in church. So by the time she was 11 or so, she had decided that she was never going back to church. She didn't want to be a part of that. She was watching adults treat each other poorly. They were critical. They were cynical of each other. They left people out and they made people feel like they were less than. In fact, when she left the church, she didn't even know if she was good enough for God, that if God would want her. So she stopped going to church. She searched for love in all of the wrong places and tried to fill the holes that were created. And she didn't hate Christians, but she didn't want to be one of them either. So the second story is about a little boy who grew up in New Orleans. His father worked construction and his family was really, really poor. And his father was an alcoholic. And when his dad would start drinking, he would start turning his attention on this little boy and he would beat him. One time he beat him so bad, he took a vacuum cord and he whipped him with it to the point that his flesh was tearing off of his back. During his childhood, three different adults assaulted him. And he figured that the only thing that he could do was just to shut up and move on. His mom tried to leave, but it was really complicated. She had no education, she had no job, and she had no money. The only thing that she could do for this little boy was take him to church. So instead of graduating high school, he left home, he changed his name, and he lived in his car. He worked odd jobs, saving up enough money that he could try and do something different with his life. The third story is about two brothers that were known to cause trouble. Anybody know a couple boys like that? I don't. They were the first to pick a fight, and I think they were also the first to end the fight, too. They were harsh. They were judgmental. One wrong move, and you could guarantee that these brothers would be there to put you in your place. They had no grace for people. They earned themselves a nickname that actually stayed with them their entire rest of their lives. Anybody ever watch The Mighty Ducks? It was like the 90s. There was three of them. They were awesome, right? If you remember the Mighty Duck show, it was like Gordon Bombay and this amazing little hockey team of kids. And there was two kids on there, two boys, and they named them the Bash Brothers. So that's what I think of these brothers is the Bash Brothers. These two brothers were destined for an average life. They had average jobs. They came from an average family. They went and hung out with their average friends. And really the only excitement in their life was created from their well-known tempers. So what do these three stories have in common? Where did these people end up? 
if I think about the path that all of these people were on, I would kind of assume that they were far from God, that they were making poor decisions, continuing to make poor decisions, struggling to get by, basically on the road to nowhere. Would you guys agree? What these three stories have in common is that in all three, their legacies changed from the stories that we just heard. How? They made good decision after good decision that got them closer to God and multiplied in their life. So the first little girl, she made a vow never to go back to church, never to be a Christian. And at the age of 19, she found herself at the bottom of a string of a lot of bad decisions. So she went back to church. She started volunteering. And believe it or not, she became a pastor. And that little girl was me. The little boy, he eventually saved up enough money to create a show. 30 people showed up. It was deemed a complete failure until the very last show. And that last showing led to a lot of impressive Hollywood hits. Today, his accomplishments are way too many to talk about, but he became a successful leader, an entrepreneur, and man of faith. Do you know his name? Tyler Perry. Now, the brothers, their nicknames were Sons of Thunder, and that nickname was given to them none other but Jesus himself. And these two brothers were known for their aggressiveness and their fervent love of a good fight. But they eventually became the first martyr for Jesus and the apostle of love. James and John, Jesus's beloved disciples, went from destruction to a life of love. In fact, in Luke 9, 53 through 54, we see this zeal in its fullness. It says, but the people of the village did not welcome Jesus because he was on his way to Jerusalem. When James and John saw this, they said to Jesus, Lord, shall we call down the fire from heaven and burn them up? I kind of feel like this is a little bit of an overreaction, <laughs> but they definitely did not lack passion, right? Shall we just burn them up, Lord? Yet 1 John, one of the books that John, the apostle, went on to write, he used the word love over 40 times. And James was beheaded by King Herod for his faith and his following of Jesus. So in all three of these stories, we see transformation from where they were to where they went. I became a pastor and I get the opportunity to tell people about Jesus all the time. Tyler Perry continues to influence millions of people. And James and John were a part of the most important story in history, right? Jesus's. Their legacy has remained for thousands of years. So God sets up this idea of legacy really early on. We see it in Genesis with Adam and Eve, although the legacy that they left us wasn't necessarily a good one. It was one of painful childbirth and struggle of work. But we see legacy in Abraham, in the promise that God gave him with his descendants, being as numerous as the stars. We see legacy in Ruth and Esther and Mordecai 
and legacy with Mary and Joseph and John and Peter and Saul. So from the beginning of time, God used legacy to teach us, to guide us, and to correct us. Good legacies matter. Your legacy matters. Your story matters. Your decisions matter. A few weeks ago, Pastor Paul talked to us about how our stories are powerful and the power that our stories have. So today we're going to take it a different, a different way. And we're going to talk about how our stories create legacies. And the transformation in our stories comes from good decisions. If we want to have fewer regrets... We have to make better decisions. And these decisions shape stories that will be told for generations to come. Andy Stanley says, good questions lead to better decisions. So he says, when we make decisions, we should ask ourselves these five questions. Am I being honest with myself? What story do I want to tell? Is there a tension that deserves my attention What is the wise thing to do? And what does love require of me? So for today, we're going to focus in on number two. What story do I want to tell? In years from now, when I'm sitting with my grandkids, will I be able to tell my whole story? What is the story that I want told about me? See, the power of good decisions doesn't just last for a moment. It can last a lifetime. When we make good decisions, we have fewer regrets. And here's the thing about legacies. We don't get to choose whether we leave one or not. But we do get to choose what kind of legacy we leave. And I would imagine that all of us in this room today would say that we want to leave a good one. So how do we do that? First, great legacies begin with good decisions. Our legacies are decided by one decision at a time. Can you think back to a time that you made a good decision? Maybe a decision that changed your life. You got married, you had kids, you took an amazing job, you befriended the odd kid on the playground who became your lifelong buddy. So in World War II, World War II began, wow, whoo, began in 1939, when Germany invaded Poland. And at that time, in the U.S., the consensus was that we should stay out of it. Nobody wanted to have a part of this war. The United States didn't get involved until 1941, when Japan bombed Pearl Harbor. Most of us know this. But at that time, the United States could have chose just to deal with Japan directly, or not to deal with them at all. And we could have stayed out of the war. But when we stormed the beaches of Normandy in 1944, the Axis powers were winning. Millions of Jews were being murdered. They were being tortured. Cities were being leveled to dust. And finally, the United States had had enough. And it became a good decision that saved possibly millions of lives. Joseph is another example of how a string of good decisions changes your legacy. Most of us know the story about Joseph as well, right? He was sold into slavery by his brothers because they were jealous that he was the favorite one. 
So he sold into, sold into slavery, and then he was imprisoned for something he didn't even do. But no matter what Joseph had decided, he decided that he was going to tell a good story. And in his faith, he made decision after decision, good decision, good decision. He became the prime minister of Egypt. And years later, he gets to see his brother again during this huge time of famine in the land. So if you flip over to Genesis 50, 20, Joseph said this to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Joseph's legacy could have easily ended in prison. Like he could have given in to prison life, but instead he didn't allow his emotions to get the best of him. And even when he was wrongfully accused, he kept making good decision after good decision. I think Tyler Perry could use this as well. Genesis fifty twenty, in conversation with his dad. You intended to harm me, but God used it for good. And I, I wonder how many lives Tyler Perry has saved by leading them to Jesus, by his testimony, his legacy. Hitler intended evil, yet God used our soldiers for good and saved how many lives? We write the story of our legacies. We write the story of our lives and our legacies one decision at a time. So I made the decision to go back to church. James and John made the decision to follow Jesus. Tyler Perry decided to make a comedy, a faith-based comedy one decision at a time compounded creates better legacies and fewer regrets. So I kind of think of it as a savings account. Every good decision you make deposits into your saving account and it builds and accrues interest, right? And it builds more momentum. But every bad decision we make is a withdrawal. And given enough withdrawals, it will bankrupt you. So one of the keys to making good decisions and not to go bankrupt is to press pause before pressing play. Good decisions are created when we press pause before pressing play. We aren't able to make decisions outside of emotions. It's physically impossible. Our decisions are fueled by feelings because God designed us as humans to be that way. But the Sons of Thunder made decisions out of anger and frustration and haughty attitudes, and it just led to more fights. Like, have you ever made a decision and you just re immediately regret it? Yeah. <laughs> Most of us have had a few of those. Like, the day I decided to ride a roller coaster, I immediately regretted it. Not for me. The day I rescued a potbelly pig and she decided to pee, like, this gigantic puddle of pee right in front of me, I regretted it. The day that I bought a $300 coffee maker because I was really mad, I looked at my bank account and I immediately regretted it. Every decision has an outcome, right? But decisions made out of emotional times often lead to poor outcomes. My bank account could not withstand that $300 decision that day. And it would have created a very poor outcome if I had not taken it back. Making decisions out of anger and frustration rarely leads to good outcomes. But if we pause, if we ask ourselves good questions, 
what is the story I want to tell? Would we make the same decisions? So turn this around. Anybody ever fall in love? Well, that's quiet. You guys were really quiet. That's not good news. Oh, man. (laughs) If you have a spouse, I think you should just probably turn to them and just say, I love you right now. Let's like clear the air here. (laughs) Love is this emotional high for a lot of us. But how many of us have made a decision we regretted in love? Some of us have stayed in relationships that were toxic for far too long. Some of us married the wrong person. Some of us allowed our families to create toxic environments and take us take advantage of us. We have emotional responses and make emotional decisions without clarity when we don't pause. Press pause. Simply before you press play. It doesn't mean that the person that you're with or that you're in love with is the wrong person. It doesn't mean the house that you want to buy is the wrong house. It doesn't mean that you can't start the business or eat the burger or marry the person. It just allows you to pause, to ponder, to pray, which leads to clarity and better decisions. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in having many advisors. The ESV version says it this way. Where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, this is safety. There is safety. So what does it look like if we pause? An opportunity to clear our minds, seek wise counsel, pray so we don't say things we don't mean, so we don't burn bridges, and we don't continue cycles of abuse because our emotions have determined our decisions instead of our hearts being aligned with Jesus. And I don't know about you, but this seems wise to me. To create a great legacy, we have to make good decisions. And good decisions start with pressing pause before play. So we've talked about good decisions. We've talked about bad decisions. What about hard decisions? Anyone make a hard decision? So in my family, we have a generational legacy of divorce. I got married when I was 23 and I was determined to be different. We often talked about how we were going to change the legacy that our families had left us. And I made a decision the day that I took my vows to be different. In sickness and in health, I would not give up. Now, some of us, some of us begin our legacies there. The day that you get married is the day you decide to choose a good story, a good legacy. Keeping your vows when things get tough is making good decisions. Pressing pause when things get really emotionally charged is creating new legacies for your families. And sometimes that is the hard decision. It's easy to give up when things get hard. But we choose to make hard decisions in order to create legacies worth telling. For me, my hard decision came when I realized the person I had married could not keep their vow and their covenant to me and God. I had to make the hard decision to continue to either end my marriage in order to end a cycle of abuse or to continue the legacy that my family had left me. 
When, what was the legacy I was leaving with my kids? To choose to continue my family's legacy of divorce was devastating. No one ever gets married planning on getting divorced. But I had to ask me myself, what was the story I want to tell? What is the story I want my kids to tell? Is this the legacy I want to leave them and my grandkids and my great-grandkids? And I had to choose. See, there are legacies that are given to us that we have to overcome. There are legacies that are handed to us that we do not choose. And there are things that happen to us that we cannot control. But it is in the decisions that we make in response that set the narrative of our stories and our legacies. The story my kids will tell is a different story than the one I had intended for them. But I'm confident that the legacy that I'm leaving them is a good one. The coffee pot that I bought was a small potato of a decision. Ending my marriage was a really big decision. And both impact my legacy. The thing that changed for me and the thing that changed for the Sons of Thunder and for Tyler Perry are faith. In order to create great legacies, we have to focus on the ultimate instead of the immediate. Great legacies require great faith. Faith changes everything. For every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. First John. There's John again. If our focus is hyper-focused on today and maybe even tomorrow, it's easy to make poor decisions and bad decisions. It's easy to forget that we're actually creating legacies. When we shift our focus to the ultimate, to the kingdom, to the war that has been won and our ultimate place that we belong, it adjusts our focus and gives us purpose in our decisions. Our faith and our trust in one true God, our living God, our Holy Spirit, a son that was sent to die for us, our faith in that changes everything. To create a great legacy, we have to remain steadfast, keeping our eyes on the prize. Our faith transforms our stories. Our faith defeats the evil in this world and changes legacies. What he intended for evil, God transforms for good. So there might be some of us today sitting here in this room and thinking, I haven't made good decisions. Maybe your story or the legacy you've been writing isn't a good one. Good news, family. Your brokenness isn't the end of your story. My broken marriage was not the end of my legacy. By faith, we are set free, right? By faith, James and John were transformed. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back. When you accept Jesus as your Savior, your fate is sealed. You belong to the kingdom. You belong to God. Your legacy already has an ending. 
but we get to decide all of the pieces and parts in between. You get to choose the story you want told. You decide. Before we go into worship, I just have one question I want you to think about. Is the story that I'm writing a good one? So let's just pause on that for a moment. Is the story that you're writing a good one? Is there things that you need to do today to change that? Do you need to change your story? So if you would like to prayer today, we'll have people up here ready to pray with you. But I encourage you to also pray for one another. We're all commissioned by Jesus to do this. And it's him who gives us the ability to do so. There are no better prayers. Sometimes I think, and, and I think this too, man, I wish I could pray like that person. <laughs> God gives us the words. So I encourage you to pray for one another today. So this is what we're going to do. Our worship team is about to sing a song that's all about legacy. A legacy that God designed, God gave us, and God desires us to have. So let's pray, let's worship together, and sing this as your prayer. Sing this over your family today. Father, you know us best. You know who you created us to be and who we can be. Lord, you alone are worthy of our praise. Help us to transform our stories and our faith to be unwavering. Give us strength to overcome the things that hold us back from you. Speak to us now, Father. Accept this song of worship and praise and hear our heart's desires. Our Father who art in heaven, hear our praises. Transform our legacies.
for you. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. Do you believe that? He is for you. He is for us. He is for us. You say that with me. He is for us. He is for us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. It's all about the next right decision. Just the next right decision. Baby steps. Big decisions, small decisions. He is for us.
Amen. Do you ever just have these moments where you just feel the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I think he's with us today. But I'm going to go ahead and release us. Those who have kids can go pick up your kids. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday. God bless you. Hey, thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and share it with your friends. If you find this tool valuable and would like to support this ministry, you can do so easily through our DTV app or on our website, dtvchurch.org forward slash give. God bless you and have a great rest of your week.